How do you know when you're crumbling? You know what? We're going to talk about that tonight. We're going to talk Afghanistan, the system aiming its eyes on you and the lies it tells. All that's coming up on I'm Right. You ever get fat or out of shape? You ever gotten yourself out of shape in your life? I have. And it's one of those things, while you're in the middle of doing it, you know, you're not working out anymore, not, not eating well. When you're in the middle of doing it, yeah, it's fun. I mean, the, the ninth taco of the day is fun and it tastes good. But deep down inside in this spot, way, way back in your mind, you know, this is probably not good. I'm probably going to pay for this. This is not good. But you keep going and you keep going until that day comes when you got to go up some stairs and you go up one little flight of stairs and you find yourself a little out of breath. And then you look in a mirror and you say to yourself, okay, all right, we got to do something. We got to do something. It's getting gross. We got to do something here. Or you know what? You know, there's an even better example than that. As a kid, I don't know if this ever happened to you. It certainly happened to me as a notoriously bad student. Sometimes in school, especially high school, you you would have these gigantic group projects. And they're huge. They're they're half your grade. The kind it takes the whole semester to do, and it ends up being half your grade. And I had one one time. And I happened to be in a group with one of my friends, which didn't turn out to be the best thing in the world. So I was constantly leaving my home going over to my buddy's home to work on our group project. Parents were always telling me, you are working on it, right? You are studying? You're working on it, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We we are digging in. This is going to be the best group project in history. Studying, studying hard. We never studied. We never studied. And the whole time, unbeknownst to them, My grade was plummeting and plummeting and plummeting and plummeting. And then finally, group project comes in half the grade, right? Half the grade for this semester? F. F didn't even even come close to fulfilling all my obligations on it. You see, oftentimes in life, there's a delayed results thing. You don't really realize how fat and pathetic and out of shape you're getting until that walk up the stairs and you're out of breath. You don't really, it doesn't go into your head how much damage you're doing to your grades and and everything else until that final grade comes in and there's no more lying to mom and dad anymore. There's no more lying to yourself anymore. It's all laid out in front of you. And the same thing with nations. The same thing happens with nations. I mean, you want to know what really finally toppled the Soviet Union, the Communist Soviet Union? Lots of things contributed to it over time, right? You want to know what finally got them in the end? Chernobyl. That gigantic disaster, the nuclear disaster. You see, they lied to themselves and lied to the world for so long about how good it was and how great things are going and everything's fine here. But then eventually you're putting out radiation onto the planet and the world has to get involved and your fatness is laid bare before the world. What you're seeing right now, and I'll play you a little clip of Joe Biden's speech in a minute. We'll talk about how disastrous this is for our nation as a whole. What you're seeing right now is not the beginning of the end. 
It's the beginning of the beginning. Now, what's beginning? You're going to see now the rapid crumble of the United States of America. Or I should say tumble. No, I don't think you're going to wake up tomorrow morning and America's no more. China's taken over. You see, we've been number one in the world for... 100 years, depending on who you want to believe. Right about the end of World War I, I would argue, we became numero uno. Puts, gives us about a century on top. But history is the story of nations rising, nations falling, nations disappearing, nations breaking up. Nobody stays on top forever. It simply doesn't work that way. And the nations, when they finally crumble, this is true of all empires, when the crumble begins, it's a shock to them and a shock to the rest of the world. Oh my gosh, how did they get so weak? But how'd they get that fat? I, I had no idea they love tacos that much. What you're about to witness in your lifetime, this will be the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years, will be America tumbling from that top spot down, 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 down. And it's going to happen way, way faster than you ever could have imagined. Because... You haven't been walking up the stairs. You've been enjoying the tacos. You haven't been walking up the stairs. You've been enjoying time at your buddy's house. The teacher hasn't gotten the assignment to grade the grades yet. The assignment's been turned in now. You're going to see the beginning of the beginning. This is the beginning of America's free fall down the world rankings. Joe Biden spoke today, embarrassingly so, about Afghanistan is what he had to say. But the completion by August 31st depends upon the Taliban continuing to cooperate and allow access to the airport for those who were, trans were transporting out and no disruptions to our operations. We guarantee every American will be out before the troops leave. Sanctions Can you guarantee? Did, did sanctions come up at all in the G7 meetings? And you know, for once, I'm not even going to make fun of him. I will be frank with you, and you know I don't do this very often, right? It's, uh, we talk about frank issues on the show and how bad things are and whatnot, but it's, I mean, we'd like to laugh, right? The end of the show is light in the mood every single night. I, I like to laugh, but I don't like to get down and out. I will be totally honest with you. I don't think I've ever said this on the show before. Had a moment today before I left for the studio to do the show. I didn't realize I was wearing a look on my face, but apparently I was. The wife looks at me and she says, what is wrong? And I said, nothing. You know, as we do. She said, what is wrong? I said, nothing. She said, you know, I'm going to keep bothering you until you tell me what is wrong. What is wrong? And I said, look, I got to be honest. I am genuinely saddened about what has happened to our country, the state it's in, our free fall, and how fast it's happening. It, it genuinely saddens me. So there, I don't think I'll ever say that again, but I love this place. I do. I love the United States of America. And what we're witnessing here, it's unreal. You see, we've decided we're not going to extend our stay militarily in Afghanistan past August 31st. Now, I'm not going to bore you with all the details on it, but let me just explain to you logistically what that means. That means beginning pretty much now, they have to start shipping out our men and equipment from that airport. You don't just get out 6,000 people and all the equipment. Uh, let's do it in 15 minutes. No, this is a process. It takes time. You have to have a destination. It, there's only so much room to get them out. There's a, it, it, this is going to take time. So beginning like right now, our military is going to begin 
leaving Afghanistan. That's fine, I don't care about Afghanistan. We're leaving behind American civilians who are trapped behind enemy lines. Now, why? Because the important thing is always the why, right? What does this have to do with the crumbling of a nation? Well, a couple reasons. One, the Biden administration, because there's no love of country with anyone in the administration, the Biden administration has decided to make Afghanistan 100% political. And politically, they were worried about sending our troops out to grab our people and our troops potentially getting swarmed and slaughtered. And I should note that could have happened. The Taliban have the numbers to swarm our guys and give us a mass casualty incident with the enemy. That's possible. The Biden administration made the decision. They didn't want to risk that. They want all of our troops out by September 11th so they can do some stupid celebration, which is going to come off so terribly now. And we are taking our entire military presence and we're leaving Afghanistan and we're leaving our people behind. We've never left our people behind. This is the United States of America. And this is, or maybe was, the number one superpower in the world. The number one superpower in the world doesn't leave its people behind. It takes its people. And frankly, whatever else it wants. But I said there were two reasons, right? One, there was the political reason. Well, we, want, we had our people out. The second part, well, here's a video of the Taliban saying, get your people out by August 31st or else. This is uh, something uh, you can say it's a red line. President Biden uh, announced uh, this agreement that until uh, 31st of August, they would withdraw all their military forces. Uh, so if they extend it, that means they are extending occupation. While uh, there is no need uh, for, for that, I think that it will deteriorate the relation that will uh, create mistrust bet between us. If they are intent on continuing the occupation, so it will um, uh, provoke a reaction. We just got threatened by the Taliban and we capitulated? Do you see what I mean about the beginning of the beginning of our tumble down the world rankings? I want you to picture all the great empires in history. It doesn't matter which one you pick. Rome's probably the first one that pops into people's minds, but it doesn't matter. Ottomans, Mongols, Persians, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. All the great empires in history. I want you to picture an enemy army of barbarians pointing to them and saying, get out, by this date or else. And them saying, oh, all right, we're leaving. Just don't hurt us. We're going to go. You see, the number one superpower doesn't do that. The number one superpower says, watch your mouth or we'll do something about it. And if a single hair on one of our civilians' heads dies, we will turn your presidential palace into a Lego palace immediately. That's what number one does. But if you're a country that's no longer number one, you've been getting fat, you're in number five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, you're in free fall down the power rankings, you say, yes, sir, Mr. Taliban, I promise we'll leave. Uh, sorry. Uh, hopefully we, we'll, we'll make sure we sweep up the airport. We don't want to leave any dirt for you. Oh, it gets worse. You thought it was bad? We sent the CIA director to Kabul to plead and negotiate with the Taliban. 
the supposed number one superpower on the planet, sent the head of the number one intelligence agency on the planet to grovel before a bunch of barbarians on behalf of America. You don't send the CIA director to the Taliban. You send a Hellfire missile into somebody's vehicle if they threaten or harm your people. Well, I take that back. When you're number one, you send the Hellfire missile. When you're tumbling down the ranks, that's when you send somebody to beg and plead. But that's where we are now. I mean, they're not even pretending. They're not even pretending anymore to care. This is John Kirby from today. Several thousand, we know, several thousand uh, Americans have been safely evacuated from Afghanistan. I understand that's not the degree of specificity that you want, but that is as far as I'm going to be able to go today, several thousand. Do you have a percentage for how many Americans have been removed? Without giving a number, have more than half been removed? I, I, I can't give you that number, Idris, because uh, I, I don't think there's a perfect number that... that, that uh, that we, that we know with certainty of all Americans in Afghanistan. Ones who have registered have more or less than half of the Americans who have registered, have they been evacuated? I do not know. Why can't you just say the number? Barbara, I think we're just going to leave it at several thousand right now, and I understand that's not a satisfying answer to you. I would tell you that, uh, that the number literally changes almost by the hour. Does this sound like a serious administration? Does that sound like the number one superpower and they're doing something they're getting ready for something i'm going to i'm going to play this little clip from jen saki and i want you to try to listen see if you can listen see if you can pick up on what's coming on what the plan is here's jen saki i think it's irresponsible to say americans are stranded they are not we are committed to bringing americans who want to come home home we are in touch with them via phone via text via email, via any way that we can possibly reach Americans to get them home if they want to return home. There are no Americans stranded is the White House's official position on what's happening in Afghanistan right I'm just calling you out for saying that we are stranding Americans in Afghanistan when I said, when we have been very clear that we are not leaving Americans who want to return home. We are going to bring them home. And I think that's important for the American public to hear and understand. Okay, and then follow- Did you catch it? Were you listening? Did you catch it? The Americans who want to come home. You see, when I told you we were leaving by August 31st, as announced by Joe Biden today, and that our military has to begin getting out right now, that means undoubtedly there will be thousands and thousands and thousands of American citizens behind. We're just going to leave them behind. What's the Biden administration doing about that? Are they scrambling to get them? Are they trying to do right by America and Americans? No. Everything's political because there's no love of country at all. What are they doing? They're setting up the political message for when we leave them behind. When the Americans have to watch from a mud hut in Afghanistan as the last military plane of America flies away, the Biden administration's position is going to be, well, guess they didn't want to go. Everything's political when you don't love your country. Oh, and by the way, we have an American woman here. Sure sounds like she doesn't want to be left behind. <laughs> hour by hour, it's getting more difficult. <laughs> Even when the cars pass by, I feel like they're going to stop by the door and they're the Taliban and they're going to come in and kill us. <laughs> I'm really scared. Please, just... Please help me whenever it's the soonest. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like I said, I don't, I'm, I'm going to try to never, ever do that again. But I just had a moment today. I felt like I should be honest with you. I had a moment where I was just genuinely saddened. And I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad to see Biden's job approval rankings are in free fall. 41% now. New polls are coming out. It's going to be even lower than that. New polls will be out shortly. I'm glad the American people as a whole are horrified. Because look, we got really, really, really fat. And we just walked up the stairs and America now knows you're watching the beginning of the beginning. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We'll talk about the system a bit next. I don't think that's going to make you even more comfortable. <laughs> but first, Northwest Retention Systems. When it comes to things that save your life, buy quality. Look, I'm not one of these fashion guys. I don't care what kind of t-shirt you wear. When it comes to the tires I put on my vehicle, I buy quality. Why? That's my life. That's the life of my family. When it comes to the holster that carries the weapon that may save my life, I buy only the highest quality. Northwest Retention Systems, it's all custom-made gear right here in America. Custom-made, not bulk-made, Chinese-made crap. Custom-made gear here in America. Go to nwretention.com. Look, they have the coolest designs you can buy anyway. nwretention.com. Get your holster and your mag carrier and your belt. And get your stuff today. nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE, though. Get 10% off. We'll be back. January 6th. That horrible, horrible dark day. The insurrection. The coup. The one that almost brought down America. I mean, how much over-the-top garbage have you heard about this day? Well, you've been told since that day, you've been told this almost ended America. And it was violent. Oh, my goodness. People were, people were murdered that day. You were told this. And you were told Donald Trump did it. Remember, he was impeached over it. This was an inside job. Republicans in the House and Senate, they organized this. In case you don't remember being told that, Here's them telling you that. I've read that you don't believe this was a spontaneous riot that just sort of ran amok. You think that, what, they had inside help? I do believe there was some inside uh, assistance. Yes, somebody on the inside of those buildings were uh, complicit in this. There is no doubt in my mind that there were people inside the Capitol, inside law enforcement, perhaps even other members of the other side that may have been involved in this. There was a sense that something was wrong. And obviously with the violence, but there was a sense that something was wrong from the inside. And so I do think we owe it to the American people to understand you know, whether members of our own houses uh, were working with these protesters. Ooh, we better get to the bottom of that. That's pretty scary. Except the FBI. Not exactly on our side, right? The FBI just came out and said, hey, uh, we've looked into it. There was no collaboration. There was no deep organization. It wasn't an inside job. It was a bunch of dudes who wandered into the Capitol building. They didn't have weapons. They wandered into the Capitol building. 
And speaking of January 6th, I mean, there was somebody who died that day. She was shot in the neck. Her name was Ashley Babbitt. The Capitol Police conducted an internal probe into the shooting of Ashley Babbitt. And one, they won't even name the officer. That's funny. Uh, an unarmed civilian was shot dead in the neck from very close range by a police officer. And we don't know his name. It seems like there are so many cases of officers getting in altercations with civilians. And we know every single thing about the officer about 35 seconds after it happens. Shoot, we destroy his life. His wife will have to quit her job. His kids will have to move schools. They have to go in hiding because we know everything right off the bat. But we don't know anything about this guy. It's weird. Anyway, the unnamed officer, according to the Capitol Police, was acting lawful and within department policy because it was in defense of human life. In defense of human life. Hmm. That is That is funny. People out there, Americans right now, they're struggling with something. And understandably struggling with something, but they're struggling with something. You probably are. I definitely am. There is such a crisis of trust now. We've been lied to so many times. Everything in our culture, all the cultural institutions, seem like they're all carrying the same message, the leftist message, and the message that you're the enemy, that now... People like us, we don't trust anything. We don't trust anything. And I would argue that's a healthy place for you to be as an individual because you shouldn't trust anything now. None of what you see is real. They're all lying at all times. So you shouldn't trust anything. But overall, on a macro level, isn't this so grossly unhealthy? I mean, do you really believe CIA, NSA, FBI, do you believe they're there to protect you and protect the nation now? Or do you believe they think you're the enemy? That's where we are. All right, that's enough of that. We got Jim Hansen coming up next, but first and foremost, do you own a home? If you own a home, you have a home title. Your home title is online. It is not, I can't stress this enough, it is not a piece of paper sitting in a bank vault. It's just sitting out there in the cloud online. These cyber thieves, all they do is hack the cloud. They're tearing through people's home titles in this country. They take it, they forge your signature on it, they take one or several loans out against it. You have to pay those loans back. You might already be a victim of this and you wouldn't even know it. You can go. There's a free offer right now at HomeTitleLock.com. Go put in your address. See if you're already a victim of home title theft. While you're there, sign up because they'll detect any tampering and shut it down immediately. HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be back. Do you think that it's possible for the evacuations to finish up before August 31st? Uh, I think it's possible, but I think it's uh, very unlikely. Joining me now, former United States Special Forces, my friend. He's also author of the book Winning the Second Civil War Without Firing a, a Single Shot, Jim Hansen. Jim, I, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, don't talk like this often. I don't suspect to ever talk like it again. I'm a bit 
saddened, bummed out, what I don't know what word to put it. I'm watching us tumble down the world rankings in real time as we get bossed around by a bunch of barbarians, and I just don't have words to describe how much it bums me out, brother. Um, you and me both. Didn't we used to be the preeminent nation, the global superpower? You know, I mean, we didn't always dominate completely, but we didn't cringe and sneak away in the middle of the night while paying off our enemies, which is what we've essentially done in Afghanistan. I, it's embarrassing, and, and we're about to have to do it again, because if they want that extension past August 31st, the Taliban's going to be looking at them like this, saying, hey, uh, you need to have the Qataris fly us another plane load of cash over if you want that. Jim, can you explain, are we already bribing them? I mean, we have the head of the CIA going over there, meeting with them. I'm assuming they weren't just having tea and crumpets. What happens in these kinds of meetings? The Taliban headquarters, when they were out of power, was in Doha, Qatar. When we went ahead and paid for Bo Bergdahl, who we paid a ransom for, the Qataris were the ones who delivered the money. So they delivered $5 million in cash and five Taliban leaders, a couple of whom are back in control now. We did the same thing with this. We're doing negotiations with them in Qatar. The Qataris are, are being the ones who can give plausible deniability to Biden. He can say, oh, no, no, we didn't give him anything. Yeah, but the Qataris, when they flew the leader of the Taliban back to Kabul on a C-17, was almost certainly the back of that was filled with pallets of cash. Okay, Jim, break this down for those of us who don't understand. Qatar, what is it? Who are they? Why are they helping? What is this country? People don't even know where it is on a map. Qatar is one of the, the Gulf Arab states. They're the one that has done the most over the past decade or two to pay for and be the global sponsor of terrorism. They're the money machine behind all the bad guys. They pay the Iranians, Hamas, Hezbollah, Al-Qaeda, and the Taliban. They've been paying these guys for years. We try to get them to stop. But what they also do is they give us tips on the terrorists they don't like so that they can be part of our counterterrorism team and then go ahead and, and win our goodwill. So they play both sides of the fence, and we put up with it because we've got a big base there, and we need somebody to tell us what the bad guys are doing. Okay, I, I, I know it's a detail, but where do they get the money? What's their economy from, oil? Oil and now natural gas, a lot of it is. So they're big in, in natural gas. And, and they've got you know, so much money and, and their fingers in so much stuff that they've got cash to burn. And in this case, the Biden team is using them to, to do their dirty work. All right, Jim, changing gears here. Speaking of terrorists, ISIS. Everybody remembers ISIS from about you know, a couple years ago when they were scaring everybody, doing all these domestic terror things, tearing through the Middle East. Now they've basically fallen off the map, certainly fallen off the TV. Are they gone? Well, Trump laid a pretty good whooping on them, which is what you should do. You know, when you've got an opportunity to stack terrorists like cordwood, you should do that. And he did it. He chased them out of Iraq and Syria, pushed them about as far as he could, and then kind of ran into some trouble with the Russians and Turkey. And once it turned into big power fighting, um, we left a few remnants of them, but they're mostly gone. We never really laid that kind of medieval whooping, you know, Genghis Khan, Attila the Hun kind of whooping on the Taliban. And consequently, now we're paying them and they're coming back and, and they're going to be in charge in, in Afghanistan. So uh, it would have been better had we wiped them out. Jim, Iran, Russia and China, they're holding naval drills together. Now, 
Those seem like strange bedfellows. I realize they've all worked with each other in some capacity in the past. What's going on here? We are no longer the one that people want to play with. You know, it's not that we were ever going to do naval drills with Russia or China or Iran. But right now, everybody is looking at who is the big dog on the playing field. And it ain't us anymore. Nobody's scared of us, especially with sleepy Joe Biden just laying on his desk drooling, waiting to see what kind of ice cream he gets in the afternoon. No one's taking us seriously. The tyrants are emboldened and empowered. And now a bunch of, of countries that shouldn't, you know, and in, in, if you want an axis of evil, that's a pretty good one right there, Russia, China, and Iran. Um, we don't want them playing together, but now nobody's going to stop them. And it sure ain't going to be us. Jim, how powerful is Russia militarily, economically? I mean, everyone knows about China. How powerful is Russia? Less than people think, I believe. You know, they, they, have, they are still a nuclear power. You know, that never goes away. And that's something that we have to consider. But the idea of, of them as an expeditionary military force, they can't do much more than roll into very close neighboring states and cause trouble. They can do proxy wars and things like that and, and cause some issues, but they're not anywhere near uh, the kind of threat China is. But let's be clear, China is not a full-on expeditionary global military like we are. They're spending a lot of money on it, but a lot of their stuff, if they ever went head-to-head -head with us, we would turn them into flotsam and jetsam and smoldering wreckage. Okay, why? Why? Explain that for people who don't understand militaries. It's, it's complicated, difficult, expensive, and requires an extensive military defense industrial base to have a modern military. We have that. And we figured out over the years how to make that a productive part of our economy so that a lot of innovation is done there. The Chinese have never been innovators. They've always been copiers. So they steal other people's technology, they reverse engineer it, and then they build cheaper copies of it. But because of that, they're always behind the power curve. And their stuff is always going to be second rate compared to ours. And now that could, ha that could change someday. But for right now, um, they are not a head-to-head -head threat to any U.S. military system. Okay, Taiwan then. What if China wakes up tomorrow morning and decides they want to take Taiwan? What will we do about it, and what could we do about it? We are treaty-bound to defend the Taiwanese if the Chinese go at them. The problem is, do you really think Joe Biden's going to do that? Yeah. Do you really think the people around Joe Biden are going to do that? And given that neither one of us believes that he's going to do anything, why would the Chinese believe that? So if they were ever going to make a move, do it now before they take Biden out of play, you know, before the 25th Amendment kicks into play and we got to put him in the home. They should uh, they should make their moves and do what they want to do. I expect the Russians and Iran, again, to be doing the same thing because there's no reason for them to be concerned about a legitimate retaliation or any deterrent factor from the United States. Yeah. Jim Hansen, thank you so much, my man. I appreciate you. Yeah, sweetness and light, brother. Feeling good. <laughs> See you, bud. All right, here is some good news. If you're trying to quit dipping or trying to quit smoking, don't give up because I dipped forever. And I tried to quit and failed to quit so many times that I got to the point where I just wanted to give up. Try one more thing for me. One more thing. Try Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free, it's nicotine-free, and it's sugar-free. But it's still dip. There's 11 different flavors of long cut, 
four different flavors of the CBD pouches, which I would really, really rec recommend because when you're quitting, it helps take that edge off. I'll be honest, I still get a craving for a dip now and then. I always have Jake's Mint Chew in the house because if I don't, I'll end up at that gas station buying some. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE, 10% off. We'll be back. Cases among children are still rare, and severe cases among children are very, very rare. Make sure that everyone around your child who can be vaccinated is vaccinated. Parents, adults, teens. Two, make sure your child is masked when they leave home. That's how we can best keep our kids safe. Okay, joining me now, you know what, let's go to a doctor and see exactly what she has to say about it. Joining me now, Nan Hayworth. She is obviously a former congresswoman, doctor. She's with the Independent Women's Forum. Nan, I can't seem to get straight answers anymore on kids. I mean, look, I only went to community college. I look at data. I don't see that children without pre-existing conditions are in danger from coronavirus, but I don't want to be a monster. I certainly don't want anyone to get hurt. What's the reality, Nan? No, Jesse, I don't either. And the reality is that children shouldn't have to wear masks. Children don't need vaccination against COVID. Children should be living their lives in full, uh, as should we all. Uh, and uh, Marty McCary wrote about this in the Wall Street Journal about maybe a week and a half, two weeks ago, Jesse, and laid out all the ways in which masking children uh, not only is not useful to them nor helpful to them, but actually harms them. So uh, Joe Biden just continues to uh, defy every standard of common sense, reason, and evidence. Uh, he, he's a disaster, and this is yet another. Okay, you say harms them. What, what is the argument? What is the harm in it, Nan? Like, I believe it's harmful. I just want somebody smart to lay it out. Well, uh, yeah, it's it's not really in terms of uh, the gas exchange, you know, carbon dioxide and oxygen. That's that's not the problem for kids in sports who want to gulp in, you know, large amounts of air when they're running, things like that. Yes, masks get in the way of that. They can indeed uh, be be harmful to young athletes. They should never be worn during athletic activities. Uh, but in terms of development, in terms of socialization, especially the younger children are, they need to see faces. They need to see adults' faces, too. Uh, teachers have pointed out that reading depends on learning. On you know, it's, it's a visualization of mouth and facial movements as we uh, decode what's on a page that helps young readers learn how to read. Uh, this is uh, masks for children. Uh, not only that, but they don't prevent them from becoming ill. They also do uh, collect lots of germs, not necessarily the viruses themselves, which you know may not live long on that environment, but certainly they collect a lot of germs uh, and can certainly probably predispose to other sorts of infections. I mean, it's, it, there's, there's no argument in favor of masks, literally no argument at all. 
Nan, are we concerned at all about the long-term mental health implications of what it does to kids, or has that been over-dramatized? Because I do worry. I worry about telling my kids that wear a mask at all times, you'll be sick. I worry about, I worry that I'm setting them on a path they'll be on the rest of their lives. Right, and it's, it's certainly the opposite of the Jesse Kelly path, and I am saying that uh, as uh, as a fan uh, of uh, what you uh, what you do and what you what you say, uh, it is it is a way of communicating subliminally, if not overtly, uh, that there is much to be feared uh, in just even ordinary social interaction. The world is full of dangers. It is an anti-resilience uh, maneuver. Uh, and and burden and depredation to commit uh, to on children. Uh, it, it's it is it is a problem. It will have lasting implications. It should be stopped now. And the fact that uh, the uh, that the president, that his party, that the teachers unions, whom I consider to be the extortion division uh, of the Democrat Party, uh, are standing uh, firmly. Uh, and and, and uh, you know it, it recalcitrantly against any uh, advice to the contrary that this is harming children should trouble us all. Well, yeah. You know, I'm going to play you a little video of Bill de Blasio, and I'll tell you, Nan, this troubled me greatly. Look, human beings do well when they have carrot and stick. So uh, a mandate helps people to realize it's time. FDA final approval on Pfizer said it's time. A carrot and a stick, Nan? We we have American politicians now feeling completely comfortable going on national television saying they're going to give us the stick? When when did this happen? Jesse, this is, uh, and I think we've talked about this before, but, uh, you know, I keep saying this. The defining characteristic of government is that it can use violence against citizens. That's what defines government. Uh, you know that's why we give it very limited power, and the power that uh, that it does wield should be wielded uh, very judiciously as a policing force. That's what government does. Uh, Democrats are the party of government. People like Bill de Blasio cannot wait to run your life for you. They are relishing this. This is their dream scenario, that they can command every aspect of your life. Uh, we should, we should uh, be rejecting them uh, as we never have before. This is a very dangerous trend, and it is empowered by what we grant to government. Dan, can you tell me, as best you can, psychologize these people for me? Because you're right, they get off on this kind of control and making you do things. It's just such a different mentality than, than mine. I just want to be left alone. I don't want to be in charge of anybody. I don't want to control. I just want to be left alone. You do you and I'll do me. What is, what is wrong with these people? They're tyrants. Uh, this is, they, 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 and they they are arrogant they are presumptuous they are everything that uh the austrian school warned about you know they they have the arrogance and the hubris of imagining that they can run their lives that they can run our lives for us uh and uh, certainly jesse you're always uh, mentioning that you're a community college graduate as you know mm -hmm. i am an ivy league graduate and uh i i regret to say 
that the Ivy Leagues have churned out a couple of generations now of these uh, aspiring tyrants. Uh, whether their intentions, I think primarily they are for good, uh, but they, I, I know what it was like in those institutions. I know what it's like to be among those people. Uh, they feel they've been uh, given uh, certain gifts that uh, make them excel uh, and uh, give them particular, uh, if you will, uh, you know, ability to uh, guide us in ways that uh, the great unwashed cannot guide themselves. Oh, that's a fact. All right, Kathy Hochul, she's about to take over probably the second most powerful state in the Union, New York. What do we know about this woman, Nan? She is a canny politician, Jesse. Uh, she, she managed to survive her association with uh, Andrew Cuomo unscathed, including, of course, the uh, nursing home uh, scandal of the Cuomo administration, which apparently is uh, also going to... Uh, uh, go unchallenged because we simply don't have, uh, unfortunately, the institutional will to carry it through. So Kathy Hochul is a very uh, savvy uh, governor now. Uh, I think she will uh, find ways to advance herself uh, into another term. Uh, that's not necessarily the biggest lift in a state like New York. Uh, but she, when she was in uh, when she was in Erie County, uh, she presented herself more as a conservative. She even got NRA support for her uh, run for the open congressional seat when Chris Lee uh, left Congress. And I was in Congress with her during her partial term. Uh, and she presented herself as a much more centrist conservative Democrat. But as soon as she got to Albany uh, with, uh, with Governor Cuomo, she became a left-leaning Democrat. So it will be interesting to see uh, how uh, far left she's willing to go. She has already said she's uh, very open to the idea of reimposing mask mandates or imposing mask mandates uh, broadly in the state. And that, Gosh. unfortunately, is not a good sign. No, it is sure not a good sign. Nan Hayward, thank you so much, ma'am. I appreciate you. I appreciate you more. Thank you. All right. I think we all need to lighten the mood today, right? Geese, watch out for them. Next. I don't like geese. I just said it. I put it out there. I don't like geese. And those of you who think you like geese, I'll tell you what, you've probably never been around them. Those things are crazy. I've seen them bite people. I have. I've seen them bite people. Watch out. Those things are dangerous. All right. Keep your chin up. We'll do it again tomorrow.